Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome back to a road edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, me and you are sitting in seats that would probably cost, what? how much do you think, two courtside baseline corner seats in for a Hornets-Warriors game would cost? 800 a pop? Mm, I think higher. This is, this is one of the Charlotte's prime games of the one year. Of the dynamic game, dynamic pricing games. 1500 that sounds more likely. That's a lot, man. For this, maybe side, what sideline, 4,000? Come on. You, we're, we're about four feet from the Warriors bench. You'd get a lot of good reporting done if you if you would uh, oh, buy these seats. Hey, that might be worth the, might be worth it right there. Maybe we should get the athletics to buy us seats on the road at, near the bench. This seat would have only been worth it from a reporting perspective on the Durant-Draymond Staples Center game. That would have been a good time to have these seats. Yeah, but you got to invest in order to make that moment. So you would, how many games would you have got nothing? You know what I'm saying? Like, a whole lot. Yeah. Although tonight we would have seen Mike Brown getting in to the Warriors after some defensive issues. And the defense wasn't even the main problem. I mean, 106-102. It was 19-14 Charlotte in the fourth quarter. Uh, Offense was the problem. But uh, what's your general takeaway? My general take is, one, Steve was not happy with you. Two, (laughs) Steve uh, really leaned on defense, which was weird considering they were actually playing well. And three, bottom line is this. The two times the Warriors have lost. Steph Curry couldn't make shots down the stretch. Couldn't make shots in the fourth quarter. And that's pretty much the season right there. Like, he makes two of those. It's a different game. Uh, It was odd because you had Wiggins going. And as a total, the other guys did, you know, they shot the ball pretty well, 47%. Draymond had the clutch bucket. But it still all comes down to Steph. Like, if Steph isn't hitting buckets, they're, they're just a completely different team. That's still true. Yeah, but it's a whole lot harder for Steph to make shots when it's, you know, Looney sitting in the dunker spot. Iguodala is on one wing. Draymond is on another. Um, Wiggins is over there with his, you know, he's not exactly spooking a defense and having to stay glued on him. And so five defenders in a more switching scheme are, are clogging the lane. And Steph in Charlotte, and he admitted post game was kind of going for the home run shots. I was surprised he said that. Like he said he got, you know, caught up a bit. Why were you surprised he said that? It's a pretty candid answer. Okay. I mean, how many people come in like, yo, man, I was, I kind of wanted to put on a show, but, you know, I got lost in it. Like, people don't say that. True, but, you know, part of the reason he was taking the home run swings is, you know, beyond the fact that, you know, hometown wants to put on a show. I think he knew running the offense wasn't creating much uh, with, with, with a, a, a floor that was crunched uh, because this felt – a little bit last year with, you know, Looney's obviously out there late in the game, but, uh, you know, Draymond Iguodala, like, <laughs> what did they do this offseason? They prioritized shooting. All those shooters 
were sitting about 10 feet from us. That, look, it was very weird, the lineups he put out there. It was clearly like, let's not, it was like the goal line defense, right? Like, they can't score, let's not let them score, and they really couldn't stop them. But, you know, some of this was on Bielita and Otto Porter and Damian Lee. Jordan Poole, who Jordan didn't Poole, have a good I mean, the two acquisitions went 0 for, like, 5. Jordan Poole, you know, his once he missed a couple floaters, he was, like, in, in struggle mode. He couldn't make an outside shot. Damian Lee missed three wide-open shots. So, I, I mean, I, 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 we already know this is Steve's default, right? That's what I was trying you know, to ask you know, him you know, post-game, and you're alluding. That. He was not feeling that question. It was funny. But we know that, and the fact that the other people weren't making shots, it only – made him double down on defense, which probably was, to me, I wouldn't have went that way just because the way the game was going. You just needed two two buckets is what you needed. You needed two buckets, and he was trying to get more stops. The, the problem is Charlotte is a really good offensive team. They have many ways to attack you. So if you load up on one way, they can go another way. So we saw Miles Bridges. We saw uh, Terry Rozier, right? Even saw like LaMelo like penetrating and setting stuff up. So they got multiple ways to attack. So it's kind of it's kind of wild in theory to be like, you know what? They're not scoring anymore. Like <laughs> they're not that good defensively to just turn off the spigot. They needed to score on the other end, which was weird. Cuz I mean, if you're Steph, you probably should take that little floater, right? Instead of dumping that to Looney cuz we kind of know then Looney kind of pump fake jumps into Plumlee, gets a, you know, it did look like a foul. It looked like Plumlee kind of got him a little bit on the head. But, you know, if that's not called, that's a miss. And then he goes to the line, misses two free throws. I don't, again, I don't know. I, I, I think the Warriors are good this season because despite juicing the offense up, they've maintained, you know, coming into this game, the league's number one defense. And I think a lot of that is – uh, Steve Kerr is a, is a disciplined coach. He's a defense first coach, uh, and it's worked. So, like again, they're what now eleven and two. It's it's tough to criticize, but down the stretch again, you just you know his opinion post game on it was basically uh, you know they the, because they started rushing shots, they they weren't going to the flowing offense, the pass, 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 which you know creates all the open looks. But part of the reason is, and we both know this when defenses aren't you know in the middle of a game where they're kind of you know wandering around a bit more or in the season I'm talking more like physical playoff type defense or late game defense that always shuts down those uh, you know cur read and react type plays better and that's why you do need more floor spacing in those moments where Kerr might go they need defense in the tight moments well maybe the answer is you need to not go defense first yeah you don't because i mean this is this was always kevin durant's point right like at some point the passing has to stop and somebody has to take their man and especially when you got three guys on the court who the defense is like i'm fine with you going one-on-one like it really hurts the two people who can score so to me the part that's that I don't want to say Steve doesn't understand. He clearly understands that he just values the stops more. But it's like the truth is, it in the fourth quarter, it's ended up an ISO anyway, right? It just depends on who's getting the ball. But at some point, all this passing, moving, passing, moving, and then the result is at 10 seconds left, somebody's got to create a shot. 
late in games, you're not getting dudes who wide open on back doors. Like it, it doesn't. I mean, not against good teams, not against athletic, physical teams. So to me, that was the why you needed to put some shooters out there. That's or at least the defender I would have went to would have been GP because you could speed the game up and get out in transition. Like so, at least there's that element. Now he doesn't help you in a half court set, and I think that's the number one thing that we're, we're discovering here we saw with Memphis when a game gets down to a half court to half court set they have a hard time scoring if the other defense is good and if Steph is not pulling you know making the shots he's got to make those shots to open up everything if he doesn't then they're just not that great of a half court offense also you know look Poole has been very hit and miss early this season and tonight I, I think they were a little unhappy with some of the defensive errors he was making um I don't remember what he finished shooting but it wasn't you know it wasn't a good pool offensive night and I understand all the games that they haven't closed with pool I've understood why they're not closing with pool but when they're not closing with pool that takes away the second creator where you know he could have been one of you know if he's in there for Iguodal if he's in there for Looney tonight you know suddenly you know he is a guy that can kind of you know break a guy off the dribble create a swing swing himself by just doing that and four for four for 12 for for pool two yeah. for eight from three not 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 great i mean you you've written about this before you know there were three guys who were positive right they they lost a game by what four points and steph was plus 14 kaminga plus 11 i think porter was the other one plus uh, I think I tweeted plus five those non-Steph minutes <laughs> like they hurt it's, it's cool. set, it sets up the stretch and, it, and that's that's Jordan Poole that's the part that hurt Damian Lee missing looks Bielitsa for still like passing up shots to drive and, and it's a 50-50 turnover possibility they they aren't getting those minutes and that's how they you want to talk about how they got seven straight? That's how they did it, by making the fourth quarter kind of irrelevant, well, right? Like, let me ask you, because I haven't had you on the podcast to talk about this exact topic yet. Uh, he's he's really juggling Curry's rotation pattern around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, usually if you told me, you know, that, that they were a plus 18 in Steph's minutes or whatever and a, and a minus in Steph, non-Steph minutes, I would have like a second and fourth quarter unit for about four minutes to talk about now it's just like it's so jumbled because he's in and out he's in and out and like it's it's different uh lineup combinations and i think part of the reason is that kerr's doing is because he wants to you know try a bunch of lineup combinations to see what's good and what isn't right now he's getting curry in to start the second and fourth tonight it was with kaminga which we can talk about um but what did you what do you just think about what they're doing with with curry's rotation yeah i've heard about this on sunday randomness he they're they're getting him three minutes in every quarter so he can start each quarter and end each quarter. And so they're trying to take him out at about the six-minute mark and bring him back in with about three minutes left. It's Obviously, it's never that clean, but that's the plan. Uh, but it's kind of the compromise. Steph wants to play the whole quarter. It's like, all right, you can start, you can end the quarter. Take him out those three minutes. It is kind of making it difficult to create a unit. You know, a team that can kind of gel together. But also, you know, you got Steph closing games. You don't have these long stretches where he's not on the court. But they they don't have they don't really have set rotations. Like, you just don't know night to night who it is. It's kind of a feel. And 
I think that was kind of similar to last year too. At some point, they'll nail down the rotation, and and you can figure it out. And I think Kaminga's going to be in it, but <laughs> but you could you could kind of see who they're going with. But yeah, that's it is a bit helter skelter. There was one part where Steph wasn't even there, where the the three minute mark came and he wasn't on the bench, and it was like, so is he not? He's going to sit out this half, and then he sits down, and then he gets up and comes in with, like, one-something left, which was, was a little odd. Something was up with his right hand. He went to the back f- with the trainer. He was, like, flexing her a bunch. It looked like right-hand thumb. And then he got fell on by the, or, yeah, by LaMelo. Um, and oh, right where you are, right? We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Kaminga. Uh, he played three minutes or f- about four minutes to open the second quarter and had eight points. It was all four layups, two were transition, kind of like leak out plays. One, he ran the r- wing really well with Steph, who gave him a bounce pass. You could tell was looking for him. Uh, another was under the hoop. Steph kind of found him. And then one was just like a catch and go drive on like a, uh, you know, driving kick where he just like powerful spin on Mc- uh, McDaniels to the rim, which we've seen a few times now. He's. You know he can be some instant offense. Obviously, he's he's what they don't have as an athlete on the wing, um, but also defensively, which I assume you're kind of mostly probably going to write about. They had him on DeRozan in, against Chicago, and he you know he bit on one pump fake, and but also he had some stops on DeRozan and just some good plays, even if DeRozan hit the shot. Tonight they had him on Lamelo for stretches, and that was more like to me him on DeRozan makes more sense than him on yeah. Lamelo. Like he was you know picking up near half court he got a steal on Lamelo. we'll see I mean to me he still makes the some of the rookie mistakes defensively but as just an individual wing defender guard defender he does look like he's got some really interesting tools yeah they're they're about to try to mold the defensive monster that's that you you could see them trying to work that out and you know who it reminds me of actually early clay where clay would mess up a lot of the rotation stuff you know that's what everybody was calling him a space cadet. And Mark Jackson was like, listen, you just guard that guy. Just, you know, bulldog him. And you can kind of do that with Kaminga. Uh, Kerr was talking about how he doesn't foul, which he loves. And he's so big and he's so strong and athletic. And he's got the acumen for it. Uh, you know, like, you know, Steph was talking about how he would guard Steph in practice. Uh, like, they're, they're, they're trying to create another monster so think about this they could run start with Wiggins on a guy bring in GPT on a guy bring in Kaminga on a guy bring in Iguodala on a guy right so you know they're 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 building something and you know my piece that I'm writing about like this has been 
this is the progress they've been working on kind of behind the scenes. And I do think they've learned something from, from Wiseman. Like, Kaminga's role is simple. It's not a lot. It's simple. Things it, he can do. Yeah, and, you know, that's the expectation with Wiseman when he returns and him and Clay are back in the Bay right now, uh, you know, advancing to what it seems like will probably be five-on-five five full contact with just some random players they're going to bring in the gym over the next week. That's the hope, at least. Um, so, you know, we, you know, you talked earlier about nailing down a rotation. It's going to take a while for them to nail down a rotation because they got too two. Many yeah, not, there's too many players now, and they're adding two high usage players, particularly Clay high usage coming up. And, you know, that bumps people. If Kaminga really emerges, and, you know, what is Kaminga finishes tonight probably with like nine minutes, that feels like that might be going up, which bumps it others. It's going down. down. <laughs> it's not going down, baby. That's, when you hear them talk about. The way the players are talking about Kaminga is not going down. Jeez, he really did. 9.50, he played 10 minutes. Yeah, and those were 10 loud play, minutes. And he played the fewest minutes of any Warrior. And they were loud. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. It felt like he played more than the rest of them. Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's coming for some spots. Would you have closed with him tonight? I would have. I would have closed with him tonight. Uh I just don't want Looney in that position. Like, I don't think it's fair to Looney to put him in that position. There was another part. It wasn't late, late game, but they're scuffling so much. Looney takes a, a wing jumper, you know, front rims it. And it's like, why is he even taking that shot? Like, all right, maybe if he, you know, got four straight layups and I didn't leave him open this early in the game. All right, but that's, you know, you second half. Every possession matters in a game like this. He shouldn't be taking that shot. So I think sometimes you can put him in a tough position. And so I, I would, I would have probably went small, speed the game up, uh, you know. And it, they went big, and it ended up with Miles Bridges scoring on Draymond. That's what it would have been anyway, right? So you didn't really stop anything. To me, I would have tried to speed the game up, create some opportunities to transition, because the half court said they just, it really wasn't working, and they needed to spread the floor and get to the rim instead of taking all those threes. But Looney, I, I know what Steve is saying. Like, he's going to set screens. He's going to move the ball. But it's really just all kind of smushing things. It's like washing cards, right, or washing dominoes. You just push around, and at some point, somebody's got to make a play. <laughs> and it's harder to do that with Looney on the floor. It just, it just is. Yeah, I mean, look. In the- but, but Steve did say he had him on the floor because he's one of the best players on the team, to, to answer your question, by the way. So, I think Kaminga would have been an interesting option tonight. Just like number one, kind of reward him a little bit, and two, like get him some crunch time reps. Um, see how it goes. You know, if I mean, in fairness, he didn't look good on them three free throws to end the half. No, but I'm not talking. You know, it's not like I'm saying sub coming in to shoot Looney's free throws. It was you know to catch that and go and dunk on but Mason Plumley. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That shot is the shot that's going to be there. We know this. It's not a surprise. That dunker spot is going to be there. So, yes, I would have put somebody there who could have finished it, turned it into an and one. James Wiseman? Wiseman is finishing that, right? I mean, I'm presuming it, right? Presumptively saying Wiseman will finish that. Kaminga will finish that. GP2 will finish that, right? And the argument, I guess, against us second guessers would be you know, if Kaminga's in the game late and on this side of the floor on defense, he, like, you know, jumps out, 
on what he thinks is a handoff and a guy goes back to a layup and it's like a huge crucial moment and then in post game we're asking like why is the rookie on the floor essentially so it's tough they're 11 and 2 they're about to go to Brooklyn um I do think we're a little hard on Looney though yeah I mean you know Looney well, one of Looney's problems is is he's always paired with Draymond and Draymond can't have a non-shooting non-offensive threat of a center like you know I mean, was he? I mean, Draymond was getting buckets, though. Tonight, 11 points, 5 for 7, We're, 1 for 2. I'm talking about more of what a defense reacts oh, no, to. Yeah. <laughs> I know you are. But you know what I mean? Like, you have two front court players. They're still like, Draymond, please shoot, right? They're still, like, packing the paint. And you can see that. They're, you know, it's. we've seen this for years. You overplay. The other thing is they know what's coming. Right, these aren't new plays by and large. It's a few new actions, new twists, but you know, you know where they're going with them. So they're just overplaying, and when Steph breaks the overplay, the other guy's coming. That's why you know that spot is open. But if you got dudes who aren't going to make a shot, they really are rotating on the help. They really not worried about it. They're like ah, I can leave him. He's ah, sure I'll help out, and that's where Steph is saying he's got to make better decisions, and he does. All of this is solved by Steph making two two more shots. <laughs> then we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, but again, the two losses this season have more of a playoff tense yes, feel to it. And, and Steph even referenced the Memphis game in his postgame tonight. And, like, you know, we they have overperformed what I think anyone – Pundit-wise, has thought early in the season. They're sitting here at 11-2, best record in the league. Um, they deserve a lot of credit for off-season moves, for you know coaching maneuvers, for the type of shape Draymond came in, how Steph has looked, all that for sure. But now that we have raised the expectations to, you know, this is a team that we could talk about potentially being a contender, you start to look at what tense playoff moments might look like and where their flaws and what are. what the issues are, yeah, yeah. And they, they've got some. That's the thing. They they do have some issues. And they and the odd part is they're just not what we thought they would be. <laughs> we thought they'd be on defense. But it turns out it's on the other end of the court where they added shooting and they have another playmaker. But part of that's because their coach tonight is, you know, it's, yeah, they added shooting. Where was that shooting sitting Man, in the fourth? You are killing Steve, right? <laughs> no, because because I understand. Look, I understand the decision. Slater just structured to Steve. He was so hot at you. Yes, he answered your question through gritted teeth. <laughs> All right, Brooklyn, uh, Durant. That'll be fun. And I'm, I'm, you know, you mentioned um, the the waves of defenders. I want to see Peyton guard Durant a little bit. I could even see a Kaminga stint guarding Durant would be interesting to watch. Then obviously Iguodala and uh, Wiggins to start the game. Durant's the hottest score in basketball. Have you seen his numbers earlier this season? Crazy. I, I was thinking you might as well just quit playing and begin with the boxing one. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Who's the one? I guess Wiggins to start. It was start with Wiggins, yeah. I mean, who do they even... Yeah, they, they probably... You know, he's going to start. He's going to start losing. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, we're getting we're, we're getting a little late-night food. I like it. Appreciate it. All right. All right. I like it. Appreciate that. See ya. Yeah, I'd start with the boxing one. I'm not messing around with that dude. He gets going. You know, you can do it about it anyway. I might, I might change the lineup to start with the boxing one. Okay. Maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, James Harden still exists. 
Yeah. You want James Harden to cook. So you're bo- you're boxing wanting a team that has Harden and the one is not on Harden. That, that, would, that would be You it. take away KD, they're a significantly different team. James Triangle Harden. two? Triangle two. <laughs> Triangle two, baby. Nah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you from Brooklyn. Marcus is on at least the front side of the road trip. Then I got to find a friend, I guess, in Cleveland and Detroit. But all right. Talk so to you. Should we get Evan Mobley on the pod or something? That'd be fun. All Paul right. Savage Fendiari. He loves Evan Mobley. All right. We will talk uh, from Brooklyn.